Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Perception is Reality where we like to dispel common misconceptions around the world. Today, I'm being joined by my new friend, who is from, let's just say, even more south than me in Texas, Mr. Jack Murray. Thank you, David. Welcome to the show. I'm very happy to be here. It's a, it's a sunny day here in Australia. We're stepping on into to summer now, just about, and um, I'm making the most of it. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm glad you're here. We uh, just, we're a full disclosure podcast, so everybody knows I, I was uh, time zone challenged several times trying to schedule uh, yes. Jack on the show. <laughs> so there, I'm finally glad to have uh, worked out of time. And for those of you who would like to, for fun, play along at home, if you want to Google the time search, the, the, the time difference between Australia and Central Time, it's, it's, a, little bit, uh, it's a little bit different. Yes, so, absolutely. And um, I think what was funny is we, we both allowed ourselves to be flexible enough to make it happen. And we allowed for it to happen as well without forcing it. So um, thank you for your flexibility and um, allowing for the podcast to happen naturally. I think that was a nice way to, to do it. Oh, you're welcome. I like to uh, tell all the guests that, you know, it's just a conversation between us if we were to meet out someplace and you know, if somebody, while we're recording, if there's a dog in the background or there's a baby crying or there's um, your partner comes in or, you know, maybe you have a cat purring or something, I don't know, or your goldfish is gurgling, whatever the noise is, it's okay because life happens. Yes. How many of us have gone through life sitting in a recording studio where it's perfectly silent and we can use our radio voices and have no disturbances? I am pretty sure that number is pretty low. So, um I completely respect my all everybody's time, the listeners, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I, thanks for sticking with me and coming on. Yes, thank you. And also thank you to your listeners. I look forward to adding as much real value based on my personal experiences as possible and um, how to um, make the, the most of the information here that I share today. Great. And we're going to get to that in a moment everybody but um y'all know that uh, you're listening that i know as little as humanly possible about my guests and i didn't even normally i like to get a little bit in the green room so i can come in and know how to introduce them but jack i did you a great disservice i did i didn't even ask how i should introduce you so if you could do us all the favor and um because you're you have a podcast correct i i don't have a podcast i'm an author author okay author. sorry um However, you actually didn't do me a great disservice. You've done me a service. And I thought it was very elegant in the way you approached it. And the, the reason being is because I've been on many podcasts, some with as little as one follower, which I'm always happy to speak on, and some with as many as, let's call it 10 million followers on podcasts like Grant Cardone's Power Players, and I traveled to Miami and things like that. And um, so to give you a bit of scope and understanding, 
that I've found my best podcasts have been the ones that have been intuitively done. And what I mean by that is I've found that the more, I, the more time I spend on elevating myself on my successes, on my experiences, the more distance I put in between the person looking to almost use the tools, systems and strategies and organizing principles that I will talk about in this podcast, the more distance I put in between that because they tend to get into almost this comparison game. And I think it's very, um, it, it, it's very challenging. So what I would say is um, I look forward to each of the listeners to um, tune into to what I have to say, but um, my story really has been that I started one of Australia's um, most largest, you could say, online life coaching certification providers here in Australia. Um, I founded this in 2013. Um, I sold this in 2016. Um, so I built, I scaled, I systemized. Um, of course, I, I led our organization. I was the CEO during that period and, of course, the founder. Um, and it was, a, it was an amazing process. Um, however, it's, that's just a business that I could almost hide behind rather than let you in on all the other good stuff that I, I have to offer. So, yeah, that's a, that's a cool story, but I've got a lot more to share with you than, um, than just the story itself. David? Great. So can you tell us the, let's start with the name of your book because um, we get into the conversation and I typically, um, I don't want to forget to tell people how to find you. So I like sure. to do that now. Sure. So the name of the book's Million Dollar Mentor and the, the subtitle of the book is Build Highly Rewarding Relationships with Clients who continuously invest into your mentoring programs. Um, you can go ahead and pick up the book if you feel called to at jackmurraybook.com. Um, I'm giving it away at no charge at all. I'm, I cover the cost of the book. It costs me about $7 in AUD terms to print out and have it shipped to me so I can send to you. Um, However, I do ask for you to cover the postage and handling, which I do a $9 flat fee. If you're anywhere in the world, I will cover the, the extra cost because this is my gift to you. I think the information is more important with you rather than me having extra money in my bank account. So I'd rather just give you the book and you choose if it's valuable to you because I think it will be. Um, and get copper loss on the, the front end there, but I really do believe, and I have also experienced that when it goes around full circle, whether that may meaning today, tomorrow, or 10 years from today, it'll all come back to me in terms of fulfillment um, or finances, whichever way it is, but that's the way you can get a copy of the book, David. Great. So I hope everybody takes advantage of that offer. Uh, wherever you're on the world, uh, like you said, like Jack said, don't don't let your location discourage you. Um, so do do that. Um, so on that, 
I'm curious uh, to know what we're going to talk about today. Sure. I think um, what I'm tuning in to, to share with your listeners and your audience today, David, is if they're in business, meaning um, they're a service-based business and they want tools, strategies, systems, and really organizing principles, I'd probably call them, to increase their levels of success, fulfillment, and happiness within their business. I think that's going to be a great topic for me to cover because it's something that I've spent a significant portion of my life doing. I'd say over the last 10 years, a significant portion has been invested into really how do you take a message, um, something that you're really passionate about, whether that being exercise, personal development, um, coaching, mentoring, um, whatever that little thing is for you that you're passionate about, how do you monetize that? But while also monetizing it, how do you continually keep the passion and the fulfillment alive in it as well? Because what can tend to happen is sometimes when we tend to monetize, we can lose the passion. So I'd like to talk about both of those things together um, for your audience. So it's a, it's a mouthful, but I'm, I'm sure we'll get there. Uh, I think we will. And I think starting right off the bat, I think a common misconception people have is that running your own business is, and I'm going to say a few things, easy. And it's sure. fun all the time. Yes. And, uh, you know, being your own boss is, is just like the best thing ever. Sure. Um, but I would caution people to say that while it can be those things, and I'm sure Jack, you're going to help us bridge sure. the gap. But I think if I may be so bold, I mean, I know many entrepreneurs, I've interviewed them a lot are listening right now. It's not all sunshine and roses. It's very sure. difficult and it requires much sacrifice. Sure. I, I tend to agree. And um, however, I tend to have a bit more of an unconventional view on business. Um, and what I mean by that is I think business should really be a direct reflection. Your lifestyle should almost contribute to your business rather than your business being, rather than almost sacrificing your business, your lifestyle for your business. I've found that most heartache, pain, trials and tribulation will come into your life because you'll put an over amount of emphasis on the importance of your business and an under amount of emphasis on the importance of your life. And I think what's important to note here is I've found most struggles, I won't say all because I won't be that absolute, most struggles come from this misalignment that my business is here to serve me. That is the whole goal of my business. It is, I am not the servant of my business. It is here to create freedom in my life. It is here to help and support other people. But I've found that most people have actually started with the client or customer or consumer first when I'd rather take a look at what I want to do within my business, how I can turn up most powerfully in my business to actually serve the end 
person, which is the, the client in my case. Now, the challenge is most people aren't doing the things they need to do to turn up at them their best selves. And a few examples of this would be is, how do you go ahead and start your day? If you, in your mind and in your, your identity, say, the best way to start my day is with yoga and meditation, and you don't do yoga and meditation, unconsciously, you will start to feel a misalignment. And this is when you'll start to attract, magnetize things that are misaligned in your life. And maybe we're starting to be able to talk about the metaphysical world and its importance in creating the physical reality of those things around us. However, I'm a very big believer in frequency, that we're always vibrating at a certain frequency. And it's a bit like how this podcast happened. Like the frequency was a bit out and then we just tuned on in for a little bit and then we, we, we got there. And I, I'm a very big believer that all of the, the problems, the things you start to attract into your life, most of it, I won't say all, most of it comes down to frequency. What are you vibrating at? However, the, the thing about frequency is it's created through those, those things that are either aligned or misaligned with you. So each time you do something that is misaligned with you, you start to drop out of frequency. Now, the challenge of this is most are so unaware of frequency because of this, you could call it mass hypnosis. Because you're, each time you um, go ahead and do something like, let's say, let's take news as an example. I feel like it's a good thing to be informed. However, if you don't question the information, you're probably, you're probably misinformed because you're allowing things into your world and your reality without actually questioning the frequency of that. So I think maybe a common theme throughout our conversation here today, David, is if business can be very hard. All of my challenges, me personally, and I say all for me, all of my challenges have really come down to vibrating at a frequency that's not aligned with what I'm actually trying to achieve. It's like I've said yes when I really mean no. Um, or I've done something that isn't congruent with my internal values. Interesting. I, 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 it's interesting the way you're phrasing it. I mean, I agree with what you're saying. Um, so we'll, we're going to dive into uh, the frequency aspect of it, but I've definitely have seen and have experienced where if your thoughts and actions aren't aligned, mm. you definitely aren't going to achieve the goal you set out to achieve, yes. uh, whatever that is. I mean, it could be, you know, I'm going to go into work today and I'm not going to eat the leftover Halloween candy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you know your 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 mind says no and your stomach says yes and you know sure. you give in and then you're killing yourself because yes. you just had 80 plus extra calories today that you didn't want to consume and then you're like well if, if i've had one i may as well have two you know whatever yes. so that's just a small example 
definitely. So how, so you're saying that beyond that, so there's these frequencies, right? So that caused some sort of, um, oh, hold on, I wrote it down. Misalignment in the frequencies. Yeah. So how does one, how does one, well, I have so many questions. Um, and you'll have to, to bear with me because my mind thinks much quicker than my mouth can can process words. But let's. I want to ask you multiple questions in a row, and then we'll see which ones we can get answered. But how does one know they're doing the right thing uh, for their business? Now, I'm not saying there's much. There's a lot of research that says you shouldn't really do what you're passionate about. You should do what you're good at. Um, you know what you're passionate about. Like I'm passionate about um guitars and watches and i love the way that they're made and i have a watch collection and i have a guitar collection but i'm not good at making watches nor making guitars so <laughs> i don't know you know i mean i'm not saying that when i retire some of someday when that ever that is that i won't take classes and try but right now i just don't have the time to learn but i know that you know, I might be passionate about that, but I'm not good at it yet. You know, sure. I, I, but I'm good at other things. And I constant, I personally concentrate on those, which help me succeed. Um, sure. But how does somebody cross connect? Okay, I'm good at this. Does it align with my business? And then, then I want you to, if you could answer that number one, and then if you could really hone in on how somebody finds or attunes themselves to their own frequency and then the other frequencies. So it's like, I'm going to say the word awareness. How do we, how do we foster awareness? So those are the two questions I set before you, sir. Sure. Great. Can you repeat the first question for me, David? Sure. Is what the heck is David talking about today? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so it was, how does somebody know, because there are people that they're either in a career or they're, they're a business owner, right? How do they know that they are doing um, what their inner alignment should be? And I phrase that as uh, I compared, like you know, I know what I'm I, what I'm good at, and that maybe aligns with something um, that might be X. And then if I align with something that I'm good at, that might actually cause synchronicity, which means more happiness, more joy, life. You know, it's alignment. That's how I'm, I'm, I'm associating what you're saying. And if I'm I wrong, you just said there's the most important part, David, um, because I can only talk of my personal experience and what I've experienced with my clients and seeing what mm -hmm. they've done. I, I, I'm of the belief you're going to find it difficult to turn up at your absolute best self. The one that has the most unlimited potential into anything else that anything else other than what you're not incredibly passionate about and passionate backed up with curiosity because what I love about passion is when you delve deep enough, you're really curious about the topic. And I think that's what actually makes you good. I'm of the belief that you may not be good right now at a certain skill set just like I wasn't with certain skill sets, but because I was passionate about these certain skill sets, I wanted to dig in and delve deeper and I wanted to research and I wanted to spend 
my nights researching and there was nothing that could satiate my hunger for certain topics. And the topic is this one here. How do you get the most out of life? Um, and then I went and practiced it. I went and trialed it. And I trialed many things. There's hundreds of books that I've read. However, it really came back to this core philosophy of choosing something you're really, really passionate about. Hey, you may not be the best at it, but you're, the, the, the challenge with um, the, the, the whole good thing is compared to who? Like, I'm sure you're better than some people. You may not be better. You may not be as good as another person that's been doing it for 10 or 15 years, but you just begun or you just started or you're a year in or you're, you're two years in. What I found is the energy to invest into something is the most important attribute of success. Now, the other flip side to this is, yeah, however, may, I need to make money and I need to pay the bills and um, some of the listeners may have a degree they invested in, but they may feel misaligned in. Great. I would say allow a transition period. I, I would say work part-time on your hobbies and full-time on your business, on your business or your career, whatever it may be, and then allow for a transition period. But what I wouldn't say is, what I would, wouldn't say is that you should almost, I think at some stage in everybody's life, we should all have an opportunity to do what we absolutely love. And that's why they're talking about things like universal income with the AI and robotics age upon us soon or later. Um, like we're, we're exploring new possibilities here and we're saying, hey, if, if humans could really tap into that creative because that's what we're really going to um, find our most genius, our internal creative, because we're all creatives. This is the thing. It's like the, the genius, the, like that genius zone we're talking about it vibrating at such a high frequency, like, it, it, like we're, it, it taps into something else that we're, we become like genius and um, like instant creatives. However, the challenge is somewhere along the lines, you've been indoctrinated into a system or process that truly wasn't yours, that you sort of felt into, but it's something felt right about it, but something felt wrong about it at the same time. And because society gave you a map of the way things should be, you, meaning your audience, listeners, me, everyone or, or not, fell into the way something is, or someone said, you're not creative, you're not artistic, and you made that mean everything. Each of us have this genius zone we can tap into when we're vibrating at a frequency because we're choosing things that are aligned with our inner core, not based on external realities of the way we're told something should be. This is why information from a book can be really valuable, but it can also be very detrimental. Nothing external of you, no external amount of information is going to fix something for you. 
that this is why meditation is such a powerful practice because it it allows you to align things internally so you can become congruent with yourself so you can take action in the direction you want to proceed. However, it's almost like most are so busy satiating themselves with information that they that more incongruencies come up because information is good for the ego. It's like I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm doing. But in reality, you're perfect the way you are if you start to align with your inner core and allow yourself to, to actually align rather than doing all of this activity that you've been told to do or things you've been told to do that just aren't a clear reflection of your inner being. David? Thank you. Okay, so I did get it wrong. Thank you for correcting that. Um, got it backwards. Uh, but I don't know why I said but. What I want to ask you is, so I wrote down, I was, I was writing, trying to write down, I took a lot of notes. I, I do that so I can, you know, it helps me pay attention and, and, and learn. But so I, if, if, if I were to write what you said in a mathematical formula, yes. so uppercase P for passion plus uppercase mm-hmm. C for curiosity equals. Yes. You're what is, asking me? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Cool. I understand. Yep, got it. So um, P for, for passion, C for, for curiosity, and I would say equals alignment. I really would. If you're searching for alignment, you really want to be clear on... So, so what I would say, I'd say, I would say that equals purpose, actually. P plus C equals purpose, which equals alignment as well. So... I just want to be really clear because I I used to go through this formula in my mind when I'm trying to find things because what tends to happen is we tend to get pulled in numerous directions that aren't aligned with us and then we end up arriving at that place and we wonder why there's limited fulfillment in that place and then we're like, ah, we need to start again or we need to try a new project. What I'm trying to allow your audience to do or at least invite for them to do is to intuitively check in and say is this what i want to do if this if this world is some form of a matrix that we can create from our behaviors from our beliefs through from our fears through our actions and which i believe is um and you can create anything you want the a significant amount of abundance or a significant amount of scarcity fear doubt and you and you have a choice what i would ask for you to consider is if you could have it any way you want it which way would you create it because i've found that that even if it's not true is a more empowering belief than not than the latter So why would you not adopt the belief of, hey, I can create it the way I want it and maybe fall a bit short of the way you want it, but at least you're heading in the direction. What what you may have thought might take you one year, might take you five, just in reality of the, the physical realm. However, at least you're heading in that direction and at least you're happy in the process, which is the most important part, by the way, 
rather than choosing something that isn't what you really want. That seems like absurd to me, just the thought of it. I understand why that would be, uh, especially because of the value that you're placing on happiness. And I I mean that in a a good way, because I'm definitely understanding, I'm I'm getting a clear picture and understanding as we talk more about what you're saying. So if I could just back up for a second. So I think I changed the formula while you were talking because I was getting the passion in your voice. So I don't think it's passion plus curiosity. I think it's passion times curiosity. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not a mathematician, but um, if you say there's a times there, I'd agree. But what I would say is Uh in my experience that the, the curiosity really is part of the passion. It's, it's a significant part. Like if you're passionate about something that you are naturally curious and inquisitive to really delve deep and look further into it. Now the, I believe whether true or not, who knows, does it matter? I don't think so. I believe what helps you become great at something is that passion. And from that derives the curiosity. All right. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to figure that one out after the podcast. So you and the audience doesn't have to listen to me figuring out how to write the formula down for my notes when I post this and, and tag you and all that stuff. Great. Thank you. Um, and, And you know, it'll, that'll have to be the title of your next book. Um, you know, that'll, that'll be fine. Yes. Um, so I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, I like what you said about the energy to invest is the most important part of success. That's one of the things that I wrote down. And that really struck a chord with me because no matter how you define success, so some, some of our listeners might define success as uh, monetary. Um, some of them might define it in time. Uh, I always say, and my listeners have heard this many, many times, that I believe time is our most valuable asset. We need to be careful sure. how we spend it. We're born with a finite amount, and we never know when we're going to run out. Uh, others might find great success, uh, like myself. I also find success in my nuclear family with, with my spouse, my partner, and our two children. Yes. And, you know, um, I've never talked about this on the podcast yet, and, and it's been quite a while, but I haven't. But I'll mention it now is that when I began my collegiate career and uh, my career in the business world, my those weren't really my goals. My goal was to really have a family. I didn't really think about the beyond. Wow. But the, my goal to have a family and to provide for them and, you know, spend time with them and do the things that I did with them while they were growing up, mm-hmm. those propelled me into success in the business world because I needed to have jobs where I had freedom, sure. uh, financial freedom and, and uh, time to be the coach of four soccer teams and and yes at the same time, or if for for my friends around the world, real football, not American football. Uh, 
but you know, so that 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 all kind of was like you know my path and and my mm-hmm. ultimate underlying goal was to 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 have you know the family that I have with the two kids and the two dogs and um i was gonna make a joke about fish but you know i'm sure somebody listening has a fish as a pet and i'm sure it's awesome um so i'm not gonna uh can you talk about the genius zone you talked about that a little bit but i really how does somebody like you did a good job of describing it sure how does somebody find their way into the genius zone yeah i think this is the misconception if we were to get lost in the tactics and strategies of the of finding this genius zone you're what you're really doing are putting things in the way of experiencing the genius zone it's like it's like your ego is your ego is going to fill you with doubt and fear and comparison and comparisons and all of these things on why you can't experience the genius zone and what you've actually found is the longer we've actually spent in conversation on the topic, you actually start to experience it. It actually starts to, your consciousness starts to elevate to a higher level. Yes, did I spend time preparing for this? Absolutely. However, if, if I was to put some, let's call it steps for, for creating your genius zone, and what I do is I do some boxing, some martial arts. It's, it's what's aligned with you. That's how you find this genius zone. So what you need to do is go internal and actually feel and say, okay, is what I'm doing right now what I want to do? Now, the challenge with this question is, you, of course, naturally, you're going to have conflicting reasons for yes and no. However, the genius zone allows you, it's like your, un, the genius zone is really your super conscious, your unconscious mind at a highly elevated level speaking to you. Now, your unconscious, unconscious mind tends to speak to you, let's call it in your dreams, but you, sometimes through those Freudian slips, those things that just slip out and you didn't know they were there, but they, they come out. But what I would say is start doing the things you love to do. Like um, a, another great way of getting into your genius zone is listening to classical music. It tends to put you at an energetic frequency. Like think about if like there, there's been tests done. If you're listening to, let's call it Beethoven and some classical music and they link you up to an ECG machine, they can actually start to see your brainwaves move at a much more frequent, at a much different frequency because your, start, your brain and your heart start to get in tune rather than you actually, I've found that the, the biggest challenge most people have is aligning their brain and their heart together. It's like, there's this battle happening between the two all the time. So if you can come up with these tools like meditation, like yoga, it might be boxing. That's what it is for me. I enjoy that. Um, and it also um, might be classical music. Things that you enjoy doing start to get you into that genius zone that I'm speaking about. Now, here's the thing. 
at times you will start to feel misaligned. And that's when you need to revert back to the things that you love. But the challenge is most people, to be frank, most people have spent so long in somebody else's vision for them that they actually haven't taken the time to really tune in for themselves to themselves because they have so their receptors in their mind have so have been firing so rapidly from all of this information that they're receiving through social media through uh, the news through the the newspapers through that just stepping out into the world so what you must do is actually start to spend some time in nature and actually start to restabilize everything and that's why they say like walking on the beach with your, your bare feet starts to actually recenter your energies walking in nature along the leaves and the, the dirt and the mud it's all very healthy for you because you start to restabilize those energetic frequencies so you can start to start to find your frequency because unfortunately most people are climbing other people's ladders it's like the, the the challenge is someone puts a ladder in you your ego says climb it so you start climbing because everybody else is climbing that's their frequency what about yours but when you actually start to tune in and ask yourselves these questions you start to get to the core of you what is most important to you so when you arrive you don't get the gold watch and the handshake and say thank you but you're disappointed you actually get whatever it you want the family with the goldfish or without and you're actually fulfilled with that process with the process and the destination without just aspiring for the destination while not enjoying the process and arriving at the destination and saying, is this it? David. That's a good question that uh, I think we all have to answer is, is this it at some point mm -hmm. in time? Yeah. And hopefully the answer after listening to Jack is with a smile and it's a yes. This yes. is, this is <laughs> it because I'm good. Uh, right. Mm. That's the goal. Yes. Yes, um, that's right. You're ready now. Like, I, I think this is the, the, the thing, like the most powerful thing I believe is like committing to the now. It's what you can either write a book or you can decide to think about writing a book or research on how to write a book. I'd rather get into the writing. You can either decide to just, just decide that you're ready and good enough now because you are, because everything else has just been filters put upon you. Yes, you can pick up skills and close the gap in that area, but if, why not just choose to be ready now and figure those things out as you go based on the vision you want to experience? Because the challenge is most people have these filters, these beliefs, these or almost these things, this weight that they've put on themselves, um, or someone else they've put on themselves based on somebody else's opinion or assumption, that it's just holding them back to think clearly of what they want. So some of these things you must let go of. Thanks, Dave. So I, I really I have two questions. One's more immediate, and then one's going to be a little bit of a journey. 
and it's I want you to if you can um, what's it like to live such a free life because sure. that's what I and if, if that's not the right way to call it a free life um, because when you're talking I'm imagining people shedding the metaphorical shackles of somebody else's yeah. imposed beliefs upon themselves I mean we all have it you know we're too fat we're too thin you're too bald you're you're too short, you're too tall, you're, you're, you're always too something. Sure. So that's what I'm thinking. And that in my, in my head, I'm feeling like you're wanting and you're, you're helping people remove all those burdens, those shackles. Um, and, and to me that equals like freedom. So if I'm yeah. wrong on that, again, this is where you yeah. say, nope, David, I'm going to correct you, but I, no, I, you, okay. You're so, absolutely right. So somebody who's there, what's it yeah. like? It's the same, but you do it anyway. I think this is what's important. So what people are almost waiting for is this spiritual moment. And they come, <laughs> they certainly come with it. And I'm not talking about religion. Everyone's free to believe what they want here. I'm talking about the spirit within. Let's call it the soul of the spirit. That the spirit just no just rises beyond all of that. It, it rises beyond the doubts and the limitations. Are they still there? Like, are these doubts still there? Of course, with any new level you aspire to achieve. By the way, the levels are just the ego. So um, the levels aren't even there. <laughs> um, that's a hallucination in itself. However with any new rising, with any new thing that you want to aspire towards, there is still doubt, but you don't stop at the doubt. This is the difference. You, you embrace it and you understand that everybody else has it, so that's okay. And when you come to this, almost this realization that that's okay, everybody else has it, but I myself aren't going to let myself stop it because I am... Because what, what happens, what can happen is the challenge with looking for alignment is you, find, you consistently find misalignment. And with misalignment, you can also start to say, well, I'm misaligned now. I'm not going to take action. I'm going to work on alignment. So what I would say is get aligned as you go. As you move in the direction, is the direction going to be as clear as looking at, at a map, an old map, or is it going to be as clear as typing it into the GPS? No. At times, you're going to course correct, naturally. However, what you don't stop yourself from doing is choosing a direction that feels aligned and congruent with you in the moment and course correcting as you go. That is the most important part, excuse me. The journey and the process is the most important part. Every time I've arrived, I have set upon a new journey. That is the nature of life. So what you must become great at and allow yourself to relax into is this process of enjoying the journey so right now if you aren't enjoying the process you know the there's some form of incongruence in what you're doing so that's when you ask yourself the questions 
what am I experiencing here? What am I doing that's misaligned? What can I do to realign myself? What actions can I take right now to align myself in at least the direction? Because in those moments of misalignment, you are foggy, your energy's down, your frequency's not right. However, you don't, however, when you're, you're tuned in, you say, when you're tuned into at least that you know that your energy is not right, at least you can do something about it. But the challenge is most think their current state of being is their natural state of being. I would say maybe not. I'd say that if you were to experience this true alignment that I'm speaking about, you would experience your full potential, all-knowing, You'd be really clear, not super clear, not crystal clear, but much clearer in your purpose and direction in life, David. Hmm. That's, um, that, that makes sense because um, at first when you started off and you were like, it's the same, how did you say that? It's the same but different or I forget exactly, but sure. it makes it's, it's the same, but you actually take some form of action. You, right. you, you do. So it's the same. And I think it's important for everybody to know that, um, you know, uh, let's pick on a few people. Um, uh, Elon Musk, uh, Mark Cuban, um, pick your favorite billionaire by name, Bezos, uh, whatever, fill in the blank. Um, mm -hmm. Why don't you throw a free Australian billionaires in there for us? Sure. I would have said your ones, Bezos, Musk. Um, you, could, you could probably say James Packer, but um, he's going through his own spiritual challenges right now, as, we, as he does. And it, um, so that there's certainly, I, I think I know, I, I believe I know where you're going, but I'm, I'm very curious. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> well, every single one of those people um, still has doubts insecurities mm -hmm. uh and they question things yes you know but they're still successful like i just picked monetary success but i mean there's other sure. people like you know somebody who's been incredibly successful is usain bolt sure that guy's sure. awesome yes i mean he he, he just is or pick your favorite athlete um yes. you know uh ronaldo to name mm -hmm. one footballer i'm sure you probably know a rugby player um, i'm making yep. an assumption because you're in australia no you, you're spot on it's a great it's an assumption that's accurate so um those people they still have doubts concerns uh negative i'll just say negative they still experience negative thoughts and feelings they don't live in a bubble now because they've attained fill in the blank version of success you know, mm -hmm. whatever adjective do you describe that success? They still experience yeah. it. You know why? Because they're yes. still human. Mm -hmm. It's it's, and I think what you're saying, um, Jack, is that it's how we, when we get to those points of, I want to say, points of decision, because I feel like we sure. need to make a decision. I can, I can decide to um, wallow in whatever feeling that is, or I can decide to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm think about it and move beyond it and cool. attain, you know, whatever type of success flavor of success I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So I think that's definitely, I mean, those people definitely have their own issues that they deal with. Their lives aren't all perfect. Yes. 
So can you walk us through uh, and try? I'm just going to say it the way that it's going to come out. So can you walk us through your path of enlightenment? Like how did, um, how did, how did little Jack become yeah. this Jack, uh, yeah. successful entrepreneur, successful author, spreading yeah. this message of how other people can align themselves to achieve their version of success? Uh, you know, whatever that is, like how did, how did little Jack become grown up Jack? Yes. Um, I was incredibly lucky to have parents that were both really insightful. So my, my dad, um, was an, was an Australian. He's passed on now. However, he was an Australian and he actually met my mum, uh, which had new, uh, recently immigrated from the Philippines in the late eighties, uh, sorry, mid eighties however, and um, they, they met. And um, my dad was 50 years when he had me and I have three younger brothers. Um, and, he, so he, and he had my youngest um, brother now um, when he was around 55 years old. So there's a, there's a, um, he, he was an older father. However, um, this was his second marriage. So I was blessed with a father and a dad that really understood lifetime cycles because he was at the latter stage of his life. He shared a lot of wisdom with us, even at a really young age. Um, you know, let's call it when we're, uh, let's call it um, in eight, nine, 10 years. I remember him saying to, to my mom, let's really enjoy these years with the boys. I have four younger brothers, uh, three younger brothers. Um, and let's really enjoy these years with the boys because, you know, it's going to be over before we know it. And I remember just thinking like, let's, let's say I'm an eight year old boy. And I remember just thinking, wow, that's quite insightful that dad knows. And I'm because when you're a child, you think it's going to last forever. But when he said that, that, um, it, 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 it opens up new possibilities um, in, in your mind, you start thinking differently. And my dad, I always call him my first life coach. He really was a life coach to me because he'd tell us to experience the moment and he, he, he prepared us for his death before he passed on because he knew that he uh, wasn't going to be there for a lot of the experiences in life that we usually experience in a traditional um, family. So he would, he would actually prepare us. He'd say, boy, so I'm not going to be here forever. Um, I really want us to make the most of everything we have right in front of us now. And um, I, I really want you to make sure we're um, making the, the most of our adventures together. So we'd go bike riding, we'd go bushwalking, um, we'd, we'd do the local rugby league. Um, we just make the most of those experiences. And that was such a foundation for me to build my confidence on. Um, because in, in that world, um, anything was possible. I, I think what tends to happen is as we get older, we start to think things become less possible. And I would encourage um, everybody to re-engage that childlike inquisitiveness and that childlike 
ability to think anything is possible. And I just haven't been willing to let go of that. Um, so um, that was probably the, the foundational start of this. And as I started to, to grow older, we were 17, um, we ended up actually getting a new um, furniture company. So we're in the transport business, transporting fine arts, pianos, um, antique furniture in a place called the Southern Highlands of New South Wales. And to paint a bit of a picture for that, in the Southern Highlands of New South Wales, that's where it's about two hours south of Sydney, a bit shorter than that, but that's what it's like after you've parked in the garage and you're out of the car. And that's where the Nicole Kidmans, the Russell Crows, um, tend to get their, their acreage um, in New South Wales, um, just south of um, Sydney. So it's a really affluent area. And we were moving these pianos and um, the, these fine arts. However, um, what actually happened, uh, it, was, it was actually on the same day. We, we already had one company, so we're merging two companies to get together, one that we owned and one that we bought. What actually happened is my dad had a very severe stroke on the day the company was acquired, um, meaning that the, they dropped off the, the trucks in the, um, the depot, the yard, and said, okay, here's the settlement, here are the keys, um, the, the liabilities are yours, and so are the profits, off you go, good luck. Um, and after, um, during that day, we weren't actually home there yet, um, and we were actually arriving home over, it was an overnight trip, it, was, um, it wasn't quite interstate, but it was close, just on the border. And my dad ended up having a stroke on the job. At this stage, me and my younger brother, we didn't have awareness around the stroke. I remember um, speaking to my brother. I said, what actually happened to dad when you guys had some breakfast? Um, and he said, I don't know. He was just looking up in the air and he fell. Um, so he had a stroke and he was still driving. However... He ended up falling out the side of, when he stepped out of the truck, we, we arrived home, he stepped out of the truck, he fell out of the truck, but he was still walking. Um, and then my sister at the time, um, from his first marriage, um, she was living with us as well, um, said to, uh, she was an RN, a registered nurse. Um, and I, I said to her, I'm not sure what's happening with dad. Um, and then she looked at him and instantly she knew it was a stroke. Like even 10 years ago, stroke awareness wasn't as big as it is today. And even today, it's the awareness around stroke versus cancer or heart attack is significantly lower. Um, however, um, we took dad to the, the hospital and from then on, he never walked again. However... Even in these years, after the stroke, my dad had about seven or eight years still with us. Um, even in the years of experience after the stroke, my dad was still very finely tuned in the mind, but not in the body. And so he was still passing on this wisdom. And I remember asking him um, after I attended a Tony Robbins seminar, this was back in 2007, and I said, Dad, you know, I like this idea of life coaching. Um, and like, it, it, what do you think? 
And my dad was sitting in a wheelchair. He was an old man at this stage. And I was, you know, maybe at this stage, um, maybe 18 years of age, a, a baby faced 18 year old, still incredibly curious and passionate, um, but baby faced. And, you know, this is when I'm letting my ego get in the way. And I said to dad, dad, what do you think about life coaching? Should I do it? Um, it's what, and he said, and he asked me the question, is it what you want to do? And I said, yes, it's what I want to do, but I have fear getting in the way of allowing me to do it. Very real thing. We all experience it from some time or another. And what he, and he asked, well, what is the fear? Um, and I, I said to him, well, the fear is that I'm too young. And then he looked at me like, and he, and I, he said, Jack. And I know when he calls me Jack, like it's, it's serious. <laughs> um, and he said, Jack, in life, you're either too old or you're too young. And, I, and we, we both knew our environment and the current situation was quite fitting. There is no in-between. And that's what it really took for me in that moment. It took for, for somebody else to say, you know, um, to, to give me a bit of perspective because I don't think age should be a determining factor, whether you're too old, you're too young right now, you know, the thirties, the you could say I'm in between, but it's not going to be too long until I, I, I start to get into to those latter years. So I don't think any of us should use those excuses um, because, you know, in my experience, that's exactly what they have been for me anyway. Um, David, that's a bit of an example, a bit of a lead up and the foundation to, to those foundational years. No, that makes a lot of sense on how, um, how you became you. I mean, it makes sense because of the exposure and, and just your thought patterns around that. But I think as much as, uh, you were lucky to have your dad, I think that he was, lucky to have such a willing student um, or students in your case, you know, your, yeah. your siblings. But yeah. um, I think that combination is um, not common, uh, but I don't think it's quite so uncommon. I think that yeah. you're, and, and I'm projecting my own thoughts on, 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 on you. So I hope you're, you know, you'll correct me and that's okay. Is that um, your openness and I think almost, um, is it admiration is the right word for your dad, really helped. Yes. It's all pivotal, I think, in, in, that, in those moments. Because um, I often think with my own children, you know, there was a time, you know, they're, how old are they? How old am I? I think I'm 48. Yeah. I don't like to do math in public, Jack, but mm -hmm. let's just say 48 for seven, whatever. Um, so one is going to be 23. The other one's 20. Um, so there was a time when they were little and they would ask me, you know, why is the grass green? Why is the sky blue? Well, I would give them the actual factual answer and I would talk about the layers of the ozone and I would talk about chloroplasts and chlorophyll and and things like that and explain to them i, I would give them the answer mm -hmm. that lasted for a while and then it got to the point where they were like they were didn't want to ask me a question because they knew they were going to get the real answer yes um 
but you know now that they're uh, in university, I think that that's uh, coming around a, a little bit. Um, but I think it's very fortunate that you were you picked up on those things uh, and were able to run with them. Yes. Liter quite quite literally. Um, yes. It, so it, so I like that. It was a great foundation and. Um, I, I, I must say, what's important is, I, th I think what was pivotable, pivotable, pivotable <laughs> in those moments for me is my dad didn't save me. And what I mean by that is he'd let me experience my own challenges and growth. Um, there, were, there were many times, like a, a prime example of that is one time we would... Um, we were cycling and it was about a 10 kilometers cycle and I had this really big accident on the road and I slid for maybe five or 10 meters. It, it felt that I was a 10, 15, 10, 12 year old child at this stage. So, you know, my perceptions may have been a bit out, but it felt like a really long time. And my dad was um, wise enough to give me the choice of, do we continue the ride or do we stop and go back? Um, and it, I, I think it's these choices that have allowed me to turn up at my most powerful self because he didn't make the decision for me. Um, and he said, hey, would you like to continue the ride? We'd only just started the ride. We're probably the first you know, kilometer in. Um, or would you like to, to turn back and go home and rest up and um, make sure everything's okay. But I decided in that moment to keep moving forward through the challenges, through the obstacles. And it's these micro moments that, that really made a difference. And in my own life, I think the most powerful thing I can allow anybody to do, whether it be a client of mine um, or a family member, is um, allow them to choose what the, exactly what they want. Um, uh, and allow them to either face the, the benefits or the, the consequences of that decision and to move forward that way. Um, yes, the information is powerful. Um, however, um, I, I think that the choice um, in, in that circumstance was um, really powerful, powerful for me to create some, some great strong foundation. David? Uh, that, that's makes sense and i just need you to know i'm like kind of stuttering because i'm still feeling the pain of your fall i'm a cyclist yeah it's my main sport now that i'm an old man and i've ruined my knees mm -hmm. playing soccer um yes. quite quite literally ruined them both mm -hmm. i can't I, I i can't run anymore so mm -hmm. i mean i felt when you said you fell in the distance i was like i feel i still feel every ounce of road rash that you've had when during that yes fall. I just, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> i'm <clears throat> I get it. And that's uh, to be so young and to have that make that decision. I mean, if I know most people, I'm just going to make an assumption that most people um, listening probably have ridden a bike. If you haven't ridden a bike, do it. It's a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, don't, don't miss out on that life experience. And you're never too old. Like, like Jack said, you're never really too old to do anything. I mean, yeah. just, just at least try. Um, 
but uh, if you've never experienced the joys of having falling off a bike uh, or crashing and getting road rash, and then deciding, making the decision to carry on, because uh, just think of it like a paper cut, you know, that very thin, painful cut when you get cut with a piece of paper. Now imagine mm -hmm. that worse. That's kind of what road rash is like, because you're not really cut, but you're just kind of yes. just enough where you're bleeding in little dots and it hurts and everything's like, like a burn. It's, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm spending too much time on this because it's happened to me, but I, that's, I, I was, I'm emotionally there. Physically, I'm yeah. emotionally, I'm there. But I commend you for carrying on because most people um, wouldn't. I mean, that hurts. And yeah. you, were, you literally, you literally pedaled through the pain. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think that's a great metaphor for sometimes in life, no matter how aligned you are and try to be and aspire to be, you, at times you're going to have to pedal through that pain. And what I'm not trying to do is um, create um, sometime, some type of a vision that when you're aligned, things just magically happen. They become so much easier. However, at times when you're in doubt, when you're foggy, it, it'll, you, you will have to pedal through that pain to arrive at the other side. But the challenge is in that moment, um, back in, in that moment now with my dad, if I would have chosen to stay there, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, I probably would have had other experience, but that really molded me. And every time we make a decision, we have a new choice to mold ourselves in that, within our current reality, remembering, remembering, but like, I, I'm a big believer that we have multiple choices at any one time. And like your your successful version is right in front of you waiting for you to step into it your unsuccessful version whatever it is for you is also another path it's like that um show sliding doors um i think i can't remember who was quite in it but you know you, you have these choices that you make at any one moment i'm a big believer in the, the butterfly effect as well so you can choose these these moments and i think it's important to choose based on who you want to become not based on just where you're at right now because where you're at right now you have emotion you have challenge you have pain through it i would rather invite for for your listeners and your audience to move through that based on where they want to go um rather than almost retreating or staying where they're at because it's I found it's much harder to stay within the pain. Like it would have been more painful for me in that moment to go home and, and elevate my, my leg and go to the hospital and all that kind of thing. It would have been much harder than actually to, to go through the pain and build up self-esteem, self-certainty and inner confidence to move in the direction I wanted to move in. And, at that stage, like it certainly wasn't anything else other than just getting to um, our destination. But it, in it, in life, it certainly is. I definitely agree. But I just I want to pause for a second and say that we're not advocating for like if you fall to immediately get back on the bike. What we'd like you to do is take a self-assessment. Is anything broken? I mean, you'll know if something's broken. Can you really do it? 
and and Jack's example, he was able to physically do it. But I mean, if you can't, then please don't. I mean, this is I'm literally talking about cycling. But in life, mm -hmm. metaphorically, we will all come through these hard times. Nobody is exempt from hard times. You're not. Mm -hmm. If you haven't come across a hard time yet, then you're just fortunate. But you will. And yes. I'm not saying that in a negative way to make you feel like, oh, David's going to uh, pee in my Cheerios this morning and tell me that my life is going to be miserable at some point. No, what I'm saying is you're going to approach a difficult time. Difficult time can mean anything. It can mean loss of a loved one. Yes. could be a loss of a job. It doesn't even have to be a loss. It could just be uh, maybe you got a flat tire. That's a hard time for some people. I mean, you don't know how to change a tire, which you shall learn how to change your own tires. I mean, that's just learn how to do that. Uh, it'll, it'll save your life. Uh, also, when you're changing your tire, be careful on the side of the road. Some people don't see you. Uh, they're distracted. But anyway, uh, enough of the PSAs for today. Um, but metaphorically, you're going to come across a hard time yes. and you can get through it. You can, and you will get through it. That's, I think that's our point. Um, and obviously Jack makes it much better, but then again, he is the author and, you know, I'm just saying, listen yes. to him. He's got a message. Um, what was I going to ask? I I'm stalling because there was something else, but I didn't write it down because, um, I was listening to the, the, you described the metaphor and going through and it was really well done. Yes, thank you. Um, and that's gone, but I'll come back to it. That's what happens. That, it, this, this, this happens and it's, it's fine. Um, talked about the genius zone. I talked about that note. Um, so do you ever, so uh, how do I have, how do I say this? Because uh, I don't. So what you're saying with vibrations and frequencies is how like I would liken uh, or associate what you're talking about to the secret or the law of traction. Yeah. Um, but you're not actually saying that. I, I, and I'm not trying to say like what you're saying, Jack, is the same as like you're talking about vibrations and alignments, but you're not really. And and I think by doing that is when you will notice these things, which is, I think, but, so I'm just going to finish my thought. So, which is what I think is like, I, I like to talk about luck and how there's no such thing as mm. luck. Mm. There is, there is a perception of luck or a perception of bad luck. And when we, I'm going to use your words because you're, 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 you're think, talking to you will help me describe this better in the future, but when I find a uh, $20 bill in the road mm -hmm. and uh, maybe I fall down while picking it up, mm -hmm. I can either perceive that it was bad luck because I fell down while picking it up and people laughed at me and they were pointing and, you know, all I can only see the negative things. And then maybe I'm aligning with the negative and then all day long, all I see is negative things. Mm. I spill my cup of coffee, maybe the smirk on Janet's face in the office or, or whatever the barista or whatever is like, I take that personally, even though they're not even really looking at me, mm. but I perceive these things. So I align with the negative versus the person mm -hmm. who still picks up the $20 bill fell mm -hmm. over 
people are laughing. They get up, they dress themselves off. They laugh with the crowd. They're like, yeah, but I got the $20 bill. They're excited. They use that $20 bill to pay for their coffee and maybe the person's behind them. Mm. And then they, they don't notice Janet's snarky look, you yes. know, and then for the rest of the day, they're aligned with positive thoughts because they chose that one moment to be positive. So that's, that's, there's, there's actually, um, I forget, I should, I quote the study all the time, but I never quote the authors. I will look it up, I promise. Um, but they've actually proven that that's really like, luck isn't some mis mythical force. Mm. It, it is how you, like you said, align yourself. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's a great example because it, it gives the listeners an example of it's like, so there's two versions of yourself at any one time. There's that first one that perceives things in a skewed perception because of your emotional state. And there's that other one that perceives perceives things much differently that they, that barista with the smirk may be a smile. It's this perception. Now here's the thing, whether it was a smirk or a smile does not matter because if you're in a great state, you'll think it's a smile. Like you, you will just automatically think, Oh, that person's smiling at me. So you'll smile back. Like it, it, it's amazing how it works. And, if you're to, to think about it this way, your frequency really creates that emotional state that you're talking about here. Now, what I've got into a habit of doing so I can attract this luck you're talking about, this flow that you're talking about, is I've gotten great at stacking great emotions. Now, you can have the exact same Uber driver and have completely different experiences based on your frequency. Now, because most of the time, the world is simply a mirror of your internal emotions. Now, what I, I do from a tactical perspective is I stack as many great interactions as possible. Meaning, if I want to um, create momentum throughout my day, the first thing I should be doing is looking to engage in life. Like you, you, you must engage. The reason I'm on this podcast now is because I want to put out as much engagement and positive energy as possible. And this is where almost people get mixed up on social media. It, like social media is designed for it to be social. However, most are blocking energy on social media. So they don't really get any momentum. What I do is I go and like people's stuff. I go and comment on people's stuff. I go and share their stuff. I go and share audiences with everybody else. So I create almost like this reinforcing loop that just goes around and around and around because I'm not blocking energies from anyone because I know, I believe, do I know? No, I believe we live in an abundant world with unlimited resources, emotion, energy versus are we live in a scarce world of doubt, fear, pain. So what I continuously look to do is where can I 
add great emotions because what I know, because this has been such a great podcast, it's been a great interaction, the frequency has been right, I'm going to now go do something else that's going to be successful. So what life really is about for me is how many small engaging interactions can I have? Whether they're surface or deep, I'll go both. I don't mind whether the conversation is super high level or super deep, I'll entertain both. However, I just wanna make sure I am investing my energy into that person because I know it's gonna come back around and selfishly as well, I know it's going to make me feel great. So I'm gonna be set up for my next interaction with somebody. And that's how luck and flow really is created from my experience, David. Oh, that makes sense because it's, it's you, um, to use an old timey phrase, it's that you're reaping what you've sown. Mm. And you've sown, um, and I'm gonna use uh, you know, goodwill, and mm -hmm. then you get to reap that. And then with the next person, it gets replanted and the next person it gets reaped and then you get to replant it and reap it. And if you're, yeah, so it sounds, sounds like that's what you're, you're saying. And, and it's, it's what I talked about earlier is that it's these positive, it's the choice to view the positive uh, mm -hmm. and things that causes you to have these further positive reactions. And, and they, they think they've shown that if you even fake a smile, your body still releases the endorphins. Is, yeah. is that correct? Right? Yes, so I, I believe so. In my personal experience, because in, in my experience, studies can be skewed based on biased information based on a set agenda. So all I can do, not all, very much so. However, what I can do is I can find out what works really, really good for me. So my life is designed to be an experiment. I want to try everything. I want to experience everything. And then I want to go back towards the end of the day or the end of the interaction and go, okay, what was really great about that interaction? What really worked for me? How did they interact? How did they engage? And all that's really happened now is I've got enough micro pieces of information through life to say, here's what really works for me. Here's how I turn up at my best self, for my family, for my clients, and for those people around me. So everyone else is really having great interactions with me. And if I don't do these things, I turn up at a lower level of myself. So I'm going to avoid those things and do this over here. And that's different for everybody. Mm, what's, what's, what, what works for Jack may not work for you, but that doesn't mean that there's not a formula that will work that mm. won't. What's the word? Will or won't? Won't work for you? Won't work. There's that's, a, right. that's the fastest way to be misaligned. The fastest way to be misaligned is to look for tactics and strategies that work for someone else and say, ah, this is a one size fits all thing. I'm going to do that. Like you said, what I'm really encouraging is for you to go deep and do a self analysis of you, your emotions, what you feel and start engaging with life and interacting and also keeping a bit of a note, a bit of a journal on what's working for you. So you can start to stack these micro pieces of information that work for you 
So you can almost set yourself up for success every day. I have a lot of organizing principles in my life. However, I am also one of the organizing principles is to be flexible. So I'm flexible on the organizing principles when need be as well. So they're not absolute organizing principles. They're not rigid organizing principles. They're just organizing principles that guide my direction that allow me to show up at my best self. I was going to ask you, thank you for bringing up journaling again. I was going to ask you, because it sounded like that you journaled. So you're, sure. so I would say that you're a fan of journaling and you would recommend it. I'm a fan of sharing my emotions with the world. So what I've found is journaling's great, but I'd rather share that on my social media. So really any, like my book is a journey into my mind. <laughs> um, so instead of just keeping a journal for myself, which is, is fine, I've done that for many years, I actually decided to, if I'm going to, to journal, I'm going to write a book. So um, that, and that's how this book was really created. It's my organizing principles on how to be a great mentor. And Million Dollar Mentor is not just that financial um, sum, it's that is a reward through everything else I talk about within the book. Um, so yes, I journal, but I do it a bit differently today than I did previously because I'm now ready to share with the world um, rather than, and I want to put it on paper for everybody else to experience and take what's valuable for them rather than journal just for me and almost tuck it away in a drawer and revisit it from time to time. I'd rather everyone else get to experience it as well and choose whether it's valuable to them or not. And that's, that's for you, but I'm saying for, for our listeners to really get into help them find their alignment at the end of the day, they should, maybe take some time and to write down some thoughts. Um, what I would say mm -hmm. that social media is one of the best tools of self love in the modern day era. How so? What social media really reflects back you at any one moment and what i mean by that is you would be incredibly surprised maybe not you because you're, you're on social but maybe some of your listeners that aren't really invested into social media they would almost be surprised at the emotional journey one goes through to consistently feel worthy enough to post online to share their thoughts online to share photos of themselves online it can be i to, to this day i've never had a client not have a enlightening and spiritual moment from consistently sharing their thoughts openly on social media for the world to see for the world to agree with for the world to disagree with for and it is such a liberating experience. We, we often hear the challenges with social media. And to be frank with you, I am not a very big advocate of social media itself. I am an incre incredibly big advocate of the emotional journey 
social media will take you on by posting a video online. Like most hide behind something. I hid behind a company for years and years and years because I didn't want to be the face of the company. Now, is that for everyone? No, but it was for me because that was a misalignment for me. However, one of the ways you can find out if somebody's um, misaligned with their misaligned internally for them is the camera is a magnifier, meaning that if sometimes like you can tell if somebody's really aligned because like kids, they jump in front of the camera. They're like, get me in front of the camera. I want the photo. Who's on video? And they like, you can't keep them out of it. However, for, for adults, for those that have picked up these inner misalignments, whatever the misalignments are for them, if you put a camera in front of them, the physical experience of the camera in front of them and the physical reaction is very real. They put their hands up. They say, no, don't get me in there. I don't want to be in there. However, if you're turning up at your best self, meaning you're aligned, you want the camera on you. Like you are ready for the camera. Share it with me. Off you go. Now, is this going to be the experience for everyone? No, I am simply speaking about the experience for me and my clients based on social media. That's definitely interesting. Mm. We could definitely, you and I could definitely talk about social media. I, I have very strong opinions on social media in general, but what, yes. so I'm, I'm of the, I am in, which is, you know, upsets many more loved ones, but I have never, like I have from a history of, being born Mm -hmm. i've never liked my picture being taken um that's not to say that i won't do photos or do whatever i mean i do it i just don't like it i mean there are some times when i don't want my picture taken Mm -hmm. um and i do feel like it's an evasion of privacy not that i'm like some celebrity like but i I get it um but i've never i've never liked that i've just never liked having my picture taken um I have to think about why. And what's fascinating about that is in if that may be where the growth is. That's what's fascinating about that. However, I'm sure you have a lot of principles around why you don't like that picture taken. Um, and this is why I'm, I, I find it so fascinating because how I got comfortable with video and a picture taken is I'm like, oh, that's what people see every day anyway from their eyes. <laughs> and I was like, isn't that interesting? So when I look at myself on camera or in a photo or in a video, I'm like, is that what I sound like? Is that what I look like? People are like, yeah, of course, that's what you look like. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, that's how they're seeing it. That's how they, they see it through their own eyes. So we're just not used to seeing ourselves, but everybody else is. And when I really settled into just that principle alone, I started to become a lot more comfortable with posting, sharing. Now, could we get into the challenges of privacy and things like that. Yes, I too could spend so long on the hang-ups of social media. 
But what I, ch- I choose not to get caught up in the hangups of social media for me is because I found every time I try to avoid it, I end up circling back around. And every time I try to avoid it and I end up circling back around, I usually know there's something there internally I need to address that's not external of me. That's been my personal experience with that um, there, David. Yeah, thinking about it um, just real quick. Like I don't, like I've been on video, I've done many videos uh, over mm. the years. I've, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not saying I don't have my picture taken or don't share it or, or whatever. You know, there are times when, you know, I do like that, but I think yes. what it is with me is it's, I don't like succumbing to other people's whims. Sure, sure. So, I mean, thinking back as a child, I mean, there's more, there's things that I would rather have done than set for a picture or have my picture be taken. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, personally, uh, and, and Jack, this is, this is the thing for you. So I've always had a negative uh, connotation, which once I realized this as an adult, I didn't, I, wasn't a barrier anymore but like growing up uh it was always you should smile more you should do this more you should do that more so jack what you don't know about me is or unless you've listened to some episodes which was not a requirement for being on the show so i'm not trying to guilt you into it but i suffer from resting bitch face (laughs) i do i'm like if i had a penny for every time somebody told me and, 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 and this is sort of something I want the women listeners to understand. I've talked yeah. about it. It's not just you. It does happen. It happens to me. It's happened to me my whole life. But if mm-hmm. I had a penny, I could retire now at the ripe old age of 48. For every time yeah. somebody's like, you should smile more. Why aren't yeah. you happy? And, sure. and, you know, my immediate response is like, I was happy, but now I'm not. Because, <laughs> I mean, my face, and this is the weird thing with me is that when uh, the more I'm interested in something and the more I'm concentrating, the angrier I've been told my face yes, looks. Sure, sure. Because I'm concentrating, I'm paying attention, and like yes. that can be unnerving for people. Um, that can be unnerving for people when I'm talking to them uh, because they, yes. they're they're perceiving anger when it's really like extreme conversation. I mean. Yes. Uh, but that's always been a negative too. But I think really it comes down to um, my innate desire to not like being told what to do. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> David, we're going to take your picture. I, have, uh, uh, I, mean, I could have my mother on the show right now and she would be like, oh my God, he's so horrible at getting a picture taken. <laughs> well, it's because you wanted me to get my picture taken. And that's the yeah. thing. It wasn't, you know what? Thinking it through a little bit further, um, mm. If I'm asked to get my picture taken, I'm more than willing all the time. Yeah. But if I'm told to get my picture taken, I automatically put up a wall and like, who the heck wow. do you think you are? You can't tell me to, can't yeah. tell me what to do. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to figure that one out too. Yeah. Uh, but that's just a little uh, psychological introspection into the world of David, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I think what's fascinating about the, the process of social media is it allows you to it allows you the opportunity for that introspective thought I've found because 
you may once you post a photo or whatever it is, I've found you 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 go through these range of emotions that that, that send you on a journey. Um, and I I I understand to some of the listeners it may sound silly, um, but it really is this journey of and. And the, the only reason you should ever post is for you because you enjoy it and it's, it's a, a fun process. But I found the new, the new anxiety is not social anxiety. Social anxiety is still there, of course, but it's social media anxiety. And because I've even found myself at times not posting my thoughts and beliefs and what is most important to me because of this social media anxiety, will people like it? Will people comment? Will people share it? And that in itself is what's stopping you from everything you, you really desire because it's just a representation of how you're, you're living your life in the physical, but you're doing it online as well. So there's almost no real way of, creating this alignment I'm talking about if you're you're creating this energy block does that mean you need to be an advocate social media person no it just means you need to do what's aligned with you but if you feel like you want to post and you want to share a message online but you're sort of holding back and not sharing at your full capacity that's going to be an incongruency for you and um, you and that's a journey that I'd recommend um, for everyone to take and it's not a journey you take once and it's over like you it's a journey that you sort of take and then you might retreat for a little while and then you go again like it's a never-ending process of um of of that um introspective thought through social media as well rather than just keeping it to yourself sharing it with the world now um is that for everyone like i said no but it's just been a really powerful tool for me and my clients that i'd love to share with each of you hmm. no that's interesting and um i think that what you're saying is because i i've rarely rarely found somebody who is their true authentic self online there is I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say this um to make the point but it's not like how i truly believe yes. the world is but there's two types of people. There's the people who only post positive things. Yes. And then there's the people who only post negative things. And neither one yeah. of those people, and again, I'm just saying not everybody falls in those camps. I'm making an extreme example to make the point. Um, but it's hard to find that person who is their true authentic self. And I think that's that vulnerability, I think, is where you're saying the magic lies, perhaps. Did I, did I understand that properly? No, you, you got it spot on. That's right. That's why this conversation has been so powerful, I believe, and will be powerful to the people listening to it. There is a sense of vulnerability, yet courage in a conversation like this. And I, I can sense that that's, you have held the space to do just that. So thank you. Now, the same goes for your social media. I hold the space in my own life to be vulnerable because I know that any comment you can throw at me, I can deal with. Like I'm cool with 
you putting hate on me because I understand that I'm just a mirror. Like you can't see something in me. You don't experience it with yourself. You just, you, your perceptions won't go there. So I'm okay with that. And I'd rather be because that openness, vulnerability, authenticity is what attracts what I call soulmate clients. I think your values are what make you valuable. I don't think you, um, me, the, the audience with their flash cars and their mansions and their really good marketing is going to attract great clients. I think it's going to attract clients that are attracted to the ego rather than really going deep into the spiritual and growing from the inside out rather than growing from the outside in. So I've found that presenting myself in an authentic way is the best for, for me and my clients. However, do I retreat at times, wear masks at times and pretend I'm something I'm not at times? Absolutely. I can't help it because the ego creeps in at times. But then I pull back into myself and I center myself and I re-engage the space, my space, and then I go again and I be authentic. I think what's important here is to, to allow that process to happen naturally rather than being caught up in, um, in anything else, David. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I appreciate uh, everything that you shared with us today. So if I may, did we do a good job of cutting through any of those common misconceptions and getting the message that you wanted to get across across? One of my favorite podcasts, David. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Awesome. I, I did as well. And, and it was a pleasure meeting you and talking to you. And, and it's, uh, you know, some, you did really great. Some guests uh, are concerned that I don't want to know anything about them before the show. Or, I mean, <laughs> and I do that for a reason, because I don't want there to be any unconscious bias coming into the show. I didn't want to know uh, like the fact that you're half Filipino. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that I would have had a, I mean, I have a lot of positive yes. uh, associations with Filipinos because of my time when I lived in Hawaii. Yes. Um, but I'm not saying that, you know, maybe I that would, I, uh, you know, just because of that, I might've had an unconscious bias um, in a favorable way because people yes. unconscious bias work in, in good and bad. It's yes. a bias. A bias can be one or the other. It doesn't, you know, it's not yes. just negative. I, I agree. And I think that's such a great distinction because I felt the same way about you. I had a quick glimpse at your Facebook page. Um, so I could share it with my audience so I could let them know a podcast I'd be doing. Um, however, I did not want to review any questions or, um, content because I too would create these unconscious biases that I don't think would allow me to turn up as powerfully. So when you stated 
um, that, hey, um, that's the, the, the format is, you know, you choose a topic and we, we, we jump on. And um, I think I mentioned more of an intuitive level and you agreed. I went, hey, this is just the, the podcast um, I should be speaking on. So it really was that experience for me as well. I, I really did um, receive the, the wisdom and nuance in um, your message then. So thank you. And thank you for being here. I want to remind everybody that it's jackmurraybook.com. Those are three separate words, but they are all together with no spaces. It's Jack Murray Book, and that's J-A-C-K-M-U-R-R-A-Y-B-O-O-K.com. Did I spell that correctly? That's right, David. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, one of the, the two things I don't like to do in public, I don't like to do math in public, and I had to try to do that with my age, and then I don't like to spell in public, and you made me do that too. So uh, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, but I want people to go and remember, um, the book's free. You're just yes. paying for the shipping. Mm -hmm. um, and that's worldwide shipping anywhere. Do not let your location dissuade you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this, this is one of those things that's, uh, you know, sometimes Jack's books uh, ship around the corner and it might be postage of, you know, a dollar. Uh, however, uh, those books, same books might be going to other countries around the world in Europe or in North America uh, or, you know, pick, pick a continent and, mm -hmm. you know, that might offset the dollar. So it, mm -hmm. it's all goes out in the wash and he just wants you to have his message. Yes. So That's don't be afraid to, to go, go do that. Um, and, and if I may, um, Jack, if they wanted to ask you questions and interact with you, yes. can you tell them how they can interact with you? Because, you mentioned social media quite a bit, so I'm assuming you've got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, maybe even WeChat for our friends in China. I don't know. That's right. The two platforms I am most active on, it. you, you can find me on there, is Facebook. And so it's the Facebook URL, worldwideweb.facebook.com forward slash the real Jack Murray the real Jack Murray and on Instagram, I am just as active and I will respond to there as well, which is at Mr. Jack Murray at Mr. Jack Murray. Um, that, so Jack, sorry to interrupt. Is that uh, Mr. spelled out or is that MR the abbreviation? Uh, right. Uh, MR. Okay. So it's MR Jack Murray. So it would be at MR Jack Murray. That's right, Dave. Okay. Just want to make sure because um, there might be another Mr. Yes. spelled yes. out and I want them to get to you. So I understand. Thank you. And um, I, I would certainly love to continue the conversation on there. And um, David, if um, anything you tag me in, I'll be sure to respond to any questions there. I would encourage you to, if you have tuned into this conversation and it's been as valuable to you as it's been for me and my clients, and um, I hope for David as well, I would love to, to engage in conversation with you um, and get to meet you um, on social. Yeah, I think it would be worthwhile to have that interaction because social media is social if it's used yes. in that purpose. Uh, uh, and, um, I'm just going to make an assumption 
that if you were to interact or follow Jack on either of those two platforms, that he's not somebody who just posts pictures of his food. There's probably going to be real content there that is meant to be interacted with. So don't be shy. Um, you know, what would happen if you decided to interact with Jack? That's, uh, mm -hmm. I spoke to Dean Parker in early in season one. And mm -hmm. he, he, he said that his path to success was because he constantly asked himself what would happen if. So mm -hmm. I challenge everybody, like, what would happen if you reached out to Jack? Yes. Well said. What would happen if you got his book? Mm -hmm. Good questions, mm -hmm. right? That's right. Allow the experience you want to, to, to happen. And I think what tends to happen is we almost stop things from happening in our life. So I think all possibility is available to each of us right now. And like David said, Hey, go ahead and, and reach out for the book. But what I would also say is if you're ready to make a deeper commitment than the book, don't let the information of the book stop you from making a deeper commitment. What I mean by that is, Hey, sometimes a book can be just more information you're going to put on a shelf when what you really want is to work closely with me or somebody like me, it certainly doesn't have to be me. So what I would say, depending on when you're, where you're at on your journey, if the book, if you're feeling right now, hey, I don't want to be consumed in more information. I just want to know my fastest path to taking action and, and to get better results in my business as a coach, as a consultant, as a mentor, as a, somebody that holds a message go ahead and reach out for that option as well. And I'm, I'm a very big advocate in helping you find something that's a match for where you're at right now, rather than saying, hey, the book is just a perfect match for where you're at right now. Hey, it might be, but you, you may be a bit beyond that on your journey. And you might say, hey, I just want to take some action. Um, and you can certainly reach out to me via messenger or facebook um anywhere on there and I'll, I'll be sure to help and help you and support you along that journey as well david great uh, thank you and thank you on behalf of the listeners so you all know how to find and stalk him um if you want to get a hold of me uh my handles are all at pir podcast uh and my gmail is pir podcast at gmail.com and the ever so popular, and that is my sarcastic tone, because Jack, not only do I have resting bitch face, I have resting bitch tone. I only have one tone of voice. It's a life um, struggle, but I learned to deal with it, is uh, the voicemail line. You can call and leave me a voicemail. Country code 1-585-215-0242. Feel free to call and leave a voicemail and I will respect your privacy. If you want to call and leave a message uh, and you don't want it to be aired in the future, uh, then just say so. And I won't do that. Uh, otherwise, you know, I might, you never know. Uh, you just never know, but thank you all uh, for spending the time with Jack and I today. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to uh, next week's episode, uh, whatever that may be. But uh, thanks for listening today. And thanks again, Jack. Appreciate it. Thank you, David.